How's she going? Welcome back to the show. If you're just joining us, welcome to it. It is 7.14 here on a uh, pretty chilly Tuesday morning. A little bit of a wind chill out there this morning. That'll be the story of the day today. Uh, minus 6, wind chill at minus 14 as we speak. One hour from now, uh, now, Mike Johnson will be by. He's our TSN Hockey Insider. Our first chance to catch up with uh, MJ since uh, the big trade deadline day on uh, Friday in which uh, last time we talked to Mike was uh, so we do him on, uh, we have him on uh, Tuesdays and Thursdays. Yeah. So on Thursday, we talked to him out in Calgary where he was doing the Leafs-Flames game that night and then he was going to take the red eye uh, and arrive and the TSN trade deadline show began at 8, but he was going to be allowed to arrive at 10. Uh, And I was kind of monitoring it after our show was over. I was in the (laughs) office doing some work. Uh, Apparently had some flight delays. Uh, I think he showed up closer to 11. Looked very fresh, yeah. as you would expect, no less, from Mike Johnson. Mm-hmm. Well quaffed. Yeah. Uh, as I said yesterday, when that one trade was made with two guys I'd never heard of, two yeah. minor leaguers, I was out at 1.30, did not watch the rest of it, because there wasn't a whole heck of a lot to going on. So I'm sure that he finished strong. Mm-hmm. Anyway, all that to say, uh, Mike Johnson will be by, and uh, he will uh, join us uh, coming up uh, after 8 o'clock this morning. Get his thoughts on yeah. the uh, Sens game last night. And it is amazing, Jer, having been there, good or bad, having been part of some pretty big trades at the deadline, uh, more in the Washington days than necessarily in, in Toronto. It's always interesting because all of a sudden you make the big deal and then the dust settles and pretty quickly player into your uniform and you're either super excited or a little disappointed or realize, man, I'm going to need a little time here to see if this all works out. And I think there's a lot of teams, a lot of activity, and just a lot of people trying to monitor and figure out, hey, what exactly do we have? And we'll certainly put the Toronto Maple Leafs at the front of that list. Uh, okay, so uh, we've got some giveaways today. We've got a code word coming up this hour. We're giving away Thomas Shabbat jerseys, Pro Adidas, Beauty jersey, every weekday this week. All right? Got to get a code word into us. First one coming up this hour. We've also we're also going to have uh, to give away at some point this morning a pair of beat the box office tickets to see Kiss in concert. Simmer asked the question yesterday. <laughs> Do you think they're still wearing the makeup? <laughs> well, I, I I just I I I mean I you know Gene Simmons is a bit on the beefy side, I, I, and and know, when you I, throw all that stuff on, I it, know. Yeah. But if they didn't, it. Uh, I think it would lose a little bit in the luster. We'll yeah, just they, put, I, I, I don't know. I know. I, I'll be honest with you. I, and, and again, he's obviously a genius business person. I, I just think, you know, again, you cross a bit of a line uh, when you're into your seventies, <laughs> dressing up. Like that. I, I'm paying an extra fifty bucks on the <laughs> ticket just to see the makeup. Like, if they want a little premium for the makeup, <laughs> yeah, I'm uh, paying. You're it. in there. Okay. Yeah. Here's what you're going to want to be listening for later on in the show. like that that's the attitude we should all have exactly life, huh? rock and roll all night and party every day i was uh, hammer kept playing every day? hammer kept playing that song and I, I wasn't really cluing in and i'm i'm thinking is this like a goal song for somebody or what's going on here why why was he why is he continuing to play that there and you go of course that uh, yeah kicked in and hey lots of time to plan uh, if you don't make sure to leave November, <laughs> there's no World Cup of Soccer this year. That's true. Uh, so that was actually, you know what? I think that was the that's the anniversary of the beginning, the first game at the World Cup of Soccer last year, November 21st. Oh, that was awesome the way that worked out this year. I thoroughly enjoyed the uh, November World Cup of Soccer. All right, so that's the date of the KISS show at Canadian Tire Centre, November uh, 21st. Uh, we'll have a pair of beat-the-box office tickets to give away the next time you hear that. Um... 
We'll open up the phone. We'll, we'll put the phone lines on hold. So everybody's got an equal chance. Mm-hmm. Everybody listening in the iHeartRadio app on the smart speaker where the words coming out of our word holes, uh, you don't hear until 30 seconds later. So put everything on hold for 30 seconds. So you must immediately dial everybody else listening on the radio machine. You can wait or you can just start dialing anyway. Uh, but uh, caller number, let's go with 13. Again, caller 13 will win KISS tickets. By the way, tickets for the show will go on sale this Friday morning through Ticketmaster.ca at 10 a.m. All right, we put it off long enough. Sands and Hawks uh, last night. My feeling before we get into the nuts and bolts of the game was, okay, looking at this road trip, they needed, uh, to our web poll question yesterday, you guys said they needed 7 out of 10 points on the roadie. I said 8. I thought that at some point, didn't necessarily think last night's game, there would be a game. Uh, If I thought of last night's game, I thought the Sens would win for sure. But maybe it's a game, worst case scenario, where they would really have to, you know, fight and claw harder than you would think. Right? I thought it'd it's... be like the Montreal game, uh, the five-two, where they kind of won going away, uh, but it was a but tight not a game. pretty game. Exactly. That, yes. That's exactly what I expected. But I, I just didn't think, and I kind of treated the Columbus game the same way. They they have a very professional field in them right now, and they're not going to look past that. And they are going to go in there and win the hockey game. Mm. Not in my wildest dreams. That I think it would turn out the way it did it on the scoreboard. No, no, it wasn't good. <laughs> no. Here's a shot from the high slot from Dickinson. Blocker safe. Centering pass back in front again. Scores! Connor Murphy left all alone in front. Four! Nothing Chicago. Matt Sogard doesn't know whether to shave or shine his shoes sometimes here, Dean, just based on what we're seeing around him. Uh, yeah, there's Dean Brown, Gord Wilson with the calls. Asking Jason Dickinson that got the goal uh, there. Uh, yet another uh, uh, goal last night, which was where, why is that guy standing all by himself in the slot? Why uh, Why are uh, the Hawks skaters skating up and down the ice, uh, you know, you know, with uh, free passage everywhere on the ice, two-on-ones, three-on-twos. Mm-hmm. It, it was just a very, very weird and odd game yeah. for the Ottawa. It was like the November sense. Somebody yeah. put it that yeah. way, and I think that's yeah. an accurate assumption. Uh, um, um, you know, description of their effort uh, and their perf- actually their performance yeah. last night. That yeah. was the November sense. Yeah, it's a stinker. And yeah, on a one-off now, everything's magnified because of the playoff race and because it's Chicago Blackhawks. But at the end of the day, you had a stinker. A lot of circling. Uh, one of those ones, you just flush down the toilet and you got an opportunity to get to the left coast GR and adjust to the time. Uh, and you don't play until Thursday. And I do expect a much better Ottawa Senators hockey team. So, hey. Hopefully it's just a one and done, and again, we're living this right back to the Hamburglar, and everything's magnified as to every game, and you need two points, and hey, that's not one you expected to start out a five-game road trip, but she's done, and get it over with, oh. and move on. Listen to you. Listen to the excuse maker. Exactly. No days off. No <laughs> days off. <laughs> you know, you're not allowed to have stinkers. <laughs> it's the playoff race. There's 20 games left in the season. Playoffs. You don't go into Chicago and lay a 5 nothing egg. Here's DJ Smith post game falling on his sword. We were feeling so good playing at home, and 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 then to come out here and just no rhythm, no feel. Um, you know, team wasn't prepared. You know, that's on me. My job is to get them prepared and push them every day. And we weren't ready to play today. Described uh, somebody either on text or uh, on Twitter as an immature performance by the yeah. team, and I thought I think that's a very accurate. Yeah. Uh, and well-placed word, a good descriptor word for last night. You know, this was a game, mm-hmm. and for me at least, as I watch the game, I go, this is a team that's really been playing really well. It's yeah. a confident yeah. team. Yeah. 
that totally looked past their yeah. opponent last night, and yeah, they got sure. no business doing that. Yeah, and and also just uh, Saturday was just everything, Jr. It was the build up, and uh, I think there was also just a bit of a letdown after just an incredible night, the emotion, the crowd, everything else. And hey, they're pros; you're not supposed to have that, but you did. Uh, and then uh, it is amazing how your mindset changes. And I go through a checklist of players that have to be better. But the real curiosity on the rest of this road trip, hey, the sample size was certainly okay, but is it sustainable for that bottom six? And when I look at what Stutzla and Kachuk and Drew have done, you know, that next segment is quite simply, if this club wants to continue along, they're just going to need more out of Debrinket and Batherson. I don't think it's sustainable in the bottom six. And not that they're going to go revert to nothing, but uh, that formula and what you're going to need out of those two, uh, along with less mistakes from Thomas Shabbat, uh, going to be very key here for the next four games. Unsigned rights. I think they got caught up with their uh, with the press clippings. They thought they were better than they actually are. Uh, unsigned rights. Sends run and gun style of play was counterpunched by Luke Richardson. On to the next. Brian writes. J.R. Simmer. Hammer. I played in beer league games when the team just can't get it together after drinking all afternoon. I'm sure DJ has a better explanation. It comes from Brian. Pretty, I have a pretty good feeling that wasn't the excuse uh, last night, Brian. So there we go. Uh, Bourget Ben writes, good morning, fellas. Sends missed a huge opportunity last night by laying an egg. The power play is getting cold, and they can't seem to be able to score five on three. If I remember correctly, they had a five on three power play against Boston and Carolina. Couldn't Mm -hmm. score there either, which probably changed the game. This loss puts more pressure on them for the rest of the road trip. That's from Bourget Ben. And Bourget Ben, one thing, and I do think this is the technicality of it, and uh, Caroline and Boston, I totally understood. Uh, in the case of the Chicago Blackhawks, what are teams doing to the Ottawa Centers on their power play right now, JR? They are being super aggressive because there is no shooting threat. They know Thomas Shabbat will probably never shoot the puck, so all they're doing is basically forcing, force, 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 make them basically throw it around because nobody's really comfortable to be in a, in a shooting position. And I could see yesterday with Chicago, and that was certainly Carolina and Boston, very aggressive on the penalty kill. And like I said, that's because, to me, they don't have the hammer. Well, it was, the, what was really in, aggressive up high. What was interesting last night on that five on three, which by the way, that was, that came at the point it was already four to nothing, mm-hmm. but there was still half a game, half a game to go. And Chicago is not a very good team. If you could have got one back there, yeah. you, you know, you would have got at least a little bit of positivity going forward. And it was a 59 second five on three. Like it was a lengthy five on three. But what was interesting to me is you had uh, the four regulars out there, the first power play, but it was Jake Chikrin and not Thomas Shabbat uh, at the uh, at the top running uh, running the thing. So already in his third game with the team, uh, in one of those leverage moments, an important moment in that game last night, we just discussed that yesterday about Jake Chikrin <laughs> and obviously being on the number one power play. Obviously, obviously two of the three of us were accurate. <laughs> you got that right. <laughs> An insta opinion. <laughs> Did he use that banger? Did they score? <laughs> Did they score? Did he use the banger? <laughs> nah, don't think so. I'm Maybe one. I didn't see it because I only saw the first, but I'm picturing a, no. uh, a lot of passes. But the ba- the oh, bang, the, but hammer. They used the banger. The banger is the person. Yeah. Now, did he get but, get the? Was he launching the bombs that we? Expected? But but to to your point of did did Chikrin unload? I think maybe right at the end uh, when they were getting kind of desperate, maybe he tried tried one. But to your point of that, they're over playing because nobody nobody is willing to shoot like Debrinkat is willing to shoot and I think teams are still kind of shading toward him a little bit mm-hmm. even though he hasn't had the kind of goal scoring year we all thought 
But the the opportunities really for me are down like they pass down into into Tim Stutzla, and he's got to to me he's got to drive the net with the puck and and force the goalie to come out and then slide it across. Instead, he's he's taking the puck, but he's standing there. Mm-hmm. He's trying to thread a pass. Oh yeah, it's a five on three through the slot to Debrinkat on the other side. Tried that twice during that power play, and everybody's reading that like you know like. He's, he's got to take the puck, and he's got to attack the net with the puck, in my opinion, uh, on that. But yeah, and on, on the case of Debrinkit, early in the season, when he, breaking first, it down. when he first went to the half wall there, JR, he, he was pushing people <laughs> back, and, and now people are going to him. And Shabbat, as he takes passes now, he's in passing mode, right? He's already twisted his hips. He's already moving to, you can just tell that he's going to transport the puck and move it. He's not trying to get himself, or nobody is, to be quite honest with you, really putting themselves in a shooting position, you know, where you're squaring up and it's like, okay, we're going to work it around. Everybody is kind of in the same mode. So, yeah, those are the adjustments. And, and it doesn't even matter if they put Chikrin on versus Shabbat. You know, it's just a realization. Teams watch and as seasons go on. But you, uh, I, on yeah. you honestly don't think it matters? Like, to, to me, I thought that was very, to our conversation no, yesterday, no, no, I no, thought no. that was very telling. No, no, no. I, I just meant, no, I meant that teams adjust to your power play, JR. Whatever your personnel is, yeah. people are watching tape. Uh, you develop patterns and habits, and oh, I I think that's telling because as I said, I we said that I said that yesterday. With you know, Norris was a big thing last year, uh, being able to score on the one timer to the point where you know it was almost laughable that it was the puck was going to him. And that group right now, there is no shooting threat. Debrinket to me is not a threat right now. Shabbat doesn't even have the confidence to line up. So to what you're saying, oh, it is telling because I think they will do stuff with Chickren. My point being is you've got to make some adjustments in your habits. You've got to switch things around. And what really made them successful earlier in the year, JR, was really rotating around, right? A lot of movement, lots of switching, everything else. Pretty stationary, pretty deliberate, and uh, yeah, pretty easy to read what they're doing right yeah, now. Yeah, I, I, I'll, I'll have to look. And I know the, the power play is on a bit of a cold stretch. I'll have to you know look at the numbers to see how long this has gone on for. Let's not forget that at one point this this power play was up to a top three in the league and you know I think as late as yesterday what you said sixth well that was actually because you told me third and I I took your word for it well then. you know <laughs> I, I don't look at it every single day well, I, don't, I don't need so, wh- so yeah. whatever it, it top three yeah. top six it's yeah. still yeah. been overall a yeah. very good year for the for power sure. play for now sure. I understand yeah. uh that if you you know you just can't sit on it if it starts to slide you gotta yeah. either make some adjustments in terms of the setup or in we saw last night, maybe in terms of the personnel. I, I just, I'm interested now going forward, starting with the Thursday in Seattle, uh, to the discussion point of yesterday of, you know, they're not necessarily being a hammer. Jake Chikrin brings a big shot from the point. Are, is, is that going to be an adjustment that we're going to see where he is going to be now on the number one power play? Yeah. I'm really, and, and again, I don't, so I, Thomas Shabbat, and I understand he didn't have a good game last night, and I understand we'll get to some of the reaction to his game personally. I one thing I I know, uh, and I think we've all Thomas Shabbat cares. Uh, Thomas oh, Thomas Shabbat yeah. is a team player. Yeah. Thomas Shabbat is not going to sulk if he's taken off the number one power play. But this is one of you know this is one of the things to sort of monitor going forward. Is now when you know as as you get players that are either brought in or just uh, you know organically mature and become better players. Some players that sometimes have prominent roles, have less prominent roles, and how yeah. do they react to all of that? Yeah, so, no, no, you're right. Something and, to watch. Yeah, oh, absolutely. And, you know, I do believe when it's done properly, and again, one of the good or the bad for Thomas Shabbat, there was never another option, JR. And, and I do think, and this is part of a, a bit of a trick here, and I'm not talking about doing what Tampa Bay did and sitting guys, but the mistakes, and again, I magnify it with Ian Debrinkin and Batherson, 
the accountability now that you can have on the back end, you know, you'd need to at some point start correcting this either short term or long term. You know, he just flat out has to try to shake some of these habits and not easy to do in the middle of a season. Um, but as I said, you watch some of the things defending you certainly off the rush stuff. You're going to have turnovers. I, I understand that when you carry the puck a lot. Um, but just attention to detail there. It was, it was magnified against a bad hockey team last night. Diego writes, good morning, guys. Is it time to have some hard conversations about Thomas Shabbat? He'll be 27 next year. Well, he just turned 26, but, uh, and hasn't shown any improvement on the defensive side of the game. I know the entire team was bad last night, but this seems to be a common theme with his play, with Sanderson and Chikrin seemingly already slotting ahead of him. Uh, that contract looks uh, looks a little spooky Going into next year, cheers, that's from Diego. Uh, you know, I, I'm a big Thomas Shabbat fan, guys, so I would rather look for solutions. But you would be foolish not to look at this big picture. This has nothing to do with ownership coming in, but when Jake Sanderson has to cash in, and it would be a bit of a problem, I think, if I'm Jake Sanderson's crew, you can say, hey, you know what, I'm not going to make this much or, you know, whatever. Uh, if I'm Sanderson's agent, now we'll see where the numbers go. Thomas Shabbat certainly had good numbers, Jared. But hey, if all of a sudden, you know, I'm assuming Sanders is going to make what at least seven million uh, as a player. Well, I had said six plus. Okay, on the weekend, yeah, yeah. So, but, whatever, uh, so whatever it ends up yep, being, but yep. it, you know, it's a big contract. Seven is book. probably good. Well, well, if he's playing in the number one slot and mm-hmm. you got Chickering at the same time, yeah, you'd be foolish not to think. And I also think this: Hey, Thomas Shabbat, you may we may magnify it. Um, I still think that's a commodity, and I still think it's a player around the league, but. I'd rather find solutions for you the player. You just want to fix it. You'd rather fix, exactly. fix Cause, the cause, defensive deficiencies yeah. he, in this game. He, you know, and, and Sanderson, hey, it's, it's a nice thing to have. But you finally look like you've got some good slotting. And we talked about healthy internal competition. And with that has to be accountability. And, and you would think any good athlete, JR, uh, would look at that and understand. And also kind of in Thomas Shabbat's mode of, hey, man, you, you don't got to do it all by yourself right now. That, that's not a negative. Like, hey, we got a lot of good players now. The defense looks completely different with Chickering, with Sanderson, Hamannick playing better, even Branstrom improving. So let's figure out how we can make all this work together. And you are a commodity with your ability to skate and move the puck and do some real good things. But we got to clean up some of these bad habits. Uh, here is Thomas Shabbat on our post-game show. On to the next. It's not that easy to do. I mean, uh, after a game like that, no one's uh, thinking that. Everybody's frustrated. Everybody's mad um, the way we played. And... But no, like like you said, I think we've been playing some good hockey. Um, this, is, this is a game you watch. You focus on what's ahead. We got a lot of games on this road trip. It's a long road trip. Uh, and there's a lot of hockey ahead of us for the rest of the season. And um, obviously, no one's happy right now. We're all frustrated, but um, move on to the next game. Eric and Cornwall writes, after the emotions and ride they had last week, a game like that was bound to happen. Not worth getting worked up over. They'll flush it away and get back at it Thursday and bounce back. The team is playing with house money. That's from Eric in Cornwall. Yeah, Eric, I I, I, dis, I agree with everything you said. The only thing I'll say at the end, though, is the house money part. Uh, I don't think there's mega pressure should they miss the playoffs, but I do think for the momentum you've carried, JR, as close as you've got, uh, it still would be a disappointment to not end up making it. And I also, again, the other part, I do think it was a big letdown, and I didn't think it would be a trap game, but it was. Uh, no need to panic. Every now and then you have to take a beating. <laughs> We're still in the playoff race. We still have a great young team that's only going to get better as time goes on. The future's so bright. I got to wear shades. Oh, that's oh, from Jay. Nice. Jason. Oh, Jay- Corey Hart Jason, action. Yeah. No, that's not Corey Hart. Oh, okay. That's, oh, I wear, um, I wear some of my sunglasses yeah. at night with Corey Hart. Future's oh. so bright. I got to wear. That's like, that was one of those one hit wonder bands, wasn't it? 
I can, is that Northern Pikes? Oh, nice. No, Northern, <laughs> no that's not Northern Pikes. It's a Pikes. Canadian band. Canadian band, 80s, maybe 90s. Future's so bright, I got to wear shades. <laughs> Timbuk 3? Timbuk oh, 3, oh, yes. Really? Who would, for, who would forget that? I don't know if it's Canadian. Yeah. The video's got a donkey in it, though. Who <laughs> <laughs> does it like a, a good donkey? <laughs> yeah. Do that bad boy up. Let's go to break. Are you, sure, are you sure you're on the right website? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, unsigned rights, fire the coach, trade everyone. Yeah. You know, yeah, yeah. We we can be accused from time, not we as a, the royal we, all of us can be accused of overreacting to everything. Yeah, yeah. That's a part of uh, fandom, yeah. right? Uh, Chris writes, uh, boys, I bought six, six Bush Light and six Bud Lights for the game last night, and I loved them. I hope they're tall and then boys. I looked over at the two-liter bottle of Coca-Cola and <laughs> did the math. Turns out our sins are not a lock oh, to make the playoffs. That's oh, from Chris. Man. Six Bush Light, six Bud Light, and I love them, tall boys. <laughs> That, that's, that's two liters a, of pop. That's outstanding, Chris. Thank you. That's some well, uh, well needed levity that is uh, on this morning. All right, we've queued up uh, Tim Buck three. Uh, I've got a uh, commercial to watch first here uh, on YouTube okay. about construction, but I'll be right, right on it. Uh, so, all right, so let's get to it. So, there's a template. Writes Tango, uh, a way to play to beat Ottawa, force them to make quick decisions, usually creates turnovers. That's from Tango. Well, I yeah, that's I don't. Pretty much every team. Isn't yeah. It? Oh, oh, yeah. And and as I said, I. Uh, when it does come to that, though, as I said, I've got kind of my big three and some of the habits. That That's the part that you're always trying to look at and say, hey, uh, good players are going to make mistakes. Guys that carry the puck a lot are going to turn the puck over at times. Uh, the one that I, I really want to stop seeing is Batherson. No look. He wants to fade always off to that left side and throw these backhand saucers <laughs> to whoever and, and stop being cute. And then the other funny thing, I know that he's trying to be more physical. But half of the time, he, he's running at guys on the forecheck, and he's running into the glass. That You know, the, the purpose part of it, and I understand what he's trying to do, but, uh, boy, that's not the same player we saw a year ago, or before he got injured last year, sorry. Uh, unsigned writes, Simmer's a big Shabbat fan, really? I would never have known that, by the way. He rips Shabbat on a consistent basis. Uh, yeah, unsigned. yeah. Well, if you call ripping constructive, uh, you know. Criticism. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, then have at her. Even his agent got upset about it. But as I said, that that's what I'm here to do. And But I am a big fan of Thomas Shabbat. But you have to look at, and like I said, bad habits. And he has quite a few. A great man once said, you have to win the winnables. Not sure what happened to him. But anyway, that one hurt. <laughs> he races the Ranger game. Need three of four, realistically. So another great man once said, it's a must win without being as, uh, a must win. It's a... It's no, the saying is if you're gonna mock me, the saying is it's as close to a must win as a must win can be without being a must win. That's the Seattle game. And it's up. also gonna be very curious with all this standing stuff, not to mention, obviously, uh, not hoping for a three pointer, but but as a Sens fan, are you cheering for Buffalo tonight or the Islanders, Jer, or neither? Well, I think with the games in hand, which are now down to two, right, over the Islanders. Yeah, yeah. So they're four back of the Islanders with two in hand, so you'd have to I'll do the math for everybody right now with my six yeah, bush yeah, lights yeah. and six bud lights. Uh, I'll do the math. you got to win both of those games to tie the Islanders in the standings. Yeah. Right? And, yes. and as we look at the schedules down and all these things, you got Florida playing tonight, I believe. Um, so, yeah, it's going to be just real interesting. And we saw a couple of weeks ago we're just sitting idle. And now you got a Tuesday, Wednesday. And by the time you lace them up on the late night game on Thursday, uh, it'll be interesting to see how the standings look for Ottawa. Yeah, the uh, both the Islanders and Buffalo at that point will have played two more two more games by the time Ottawa faces yeah. off 
uh, three, uh, 10 p.m. on uh, Thursday night. All right, let's get to some Timbuk3. Oh, my God, that's bad. It doesn't get any better. I love my classes. I got a crazy teacher. He wears dark glasses. Things are going great. And they're only getting better. I'm doing all right. Getting good grades. The future's so bright. I gotta wear shades. All right, thank you. I actually, At least I, they're not Canadian. I, I gotta, from I, Wisconsin. Yeah, I gotta say I like it. And... I'm feeling a huge Huey Lewis influence yeah, right there. Yeah, that's true. Timbuk3 <laughs> was formed in 1984 in Madison, Wisconsin uh-huh. by the husband and wife team of Pat McDonald and Barbara McDonald. So well, there you, there you go. go. And that's uh, Madison, Wisconsin, the home of University of Wisconsin. And some tough news are Donnie Granato getting, or Tony, Tony Granato getting yeah. let go and how difficult they are when you talk about an icon and Donnie went there and Cammy went there. Uh, the Granados are Wisconsin Badger hockey, so you know they things had to be bad for uh, him to be have been let go. Timbuk three has not been around since 1995. They don't even bother to get back for the fall fair tour. <laughs> They're anywhere. not at the casinos at all. <laughs> no, apparently oh, not. Get out. No, apparently well, maybe divorced. Moved on to new, hopefully better things. <laughs> so they won the Grammy as best new artist. What? No, they did not. It says really? right here, <laughs> Grammy award for best new artist. Wow. <laughs> also, a one-hit wonder. That kind of tells you everything about yeah. the worth of a... How many How many Grammy Award winners ended up being... Remember Cutting Crew? Oh, song, I, I love them, yeah. Whatever that song was, they were another one-hit wonder. We're not wonder. getting into one-hit wonder. Even, and I know I know that they didn't sing the songs, but the Millie Vanilli music is so good. <laughs> Somebody deserves credit for it. <laughs> It's not that good. Carry on. Somebody wants us to fire up the draft simulator. <laughs> it only no. took one game. Now will be Arizona will be looking at that. Oh, oh that, that pick's fallen. There you go. All right. Anyway, uh, continue to share your thoughts. We'll continue to share them throughout the morning uh, on the Sands. 5 nothing loss in Chicago. Uh, it's a day off today out in Seattle. Uh, and uh, they'll be back on the practice ice tomorrow. And a game against the Kraken is next on the agenda. Uh, late Thursday night, 10 o'clock face-off. See, that 9 was late last night. Uh, 10 p.m. Thursday night, but at least it's it's a school night, but it's only one day to get through on Friday, right? All right, we'll come back. Uh, more of your thoughts. We'll look at the out-of-town scoreboard. Another big night for who you know who, Connor McDavid, uh, who is now on pace. Well, I'll tell you what, uh, what he's on pace in terms of uh, his uh, goal scoring and point getting uh, this year. An historically good season. We'll go through all of that uh, and take a trip around the rest of the NHL. Code word coming up before 8 uh, as we roll on here for a Tuesday morning, you're listening to Sports Radio, TSN 1200. There's another Grammy winner for Best New Artist, Cutting Crew. Steve Lloyd, listening, just texted me and said, the very first 45 he bought was this, uh, Cutting Crew, I Just Died in Your Arms. I can imagine, uh, you know, uh, yeah. young Steve Lloyd, slow dancing, yeah. first date out there. Uh, listen, oh, yeah. I'm going to put this uh, on, my fine, uh, yeah. my fine friend here. That's a get-together. No, that's just a classic right there. Now, Steve part- Lloyd was dancing with his pillow in his bedroom listening to this song. That's what was going on. Uh, and, and for Beer Guy, like I, I'm feeling that he's got albums at home. Or no, he's he's a CD guy. Yeah, he's got a CD player. 
Uh, I'm feeling a real strong honey- Bush Light guy? Yeah, Bush Light. Nice. I, I'm feeling a strong Honeymoon Suite. Oh, no, he's got uh, an 8-track. Come on. He's got an 8-track <laughs> No, player. he'd be... He's he, jimmied that up to he, some old He's receiver. still a member of the Columbia <laughs> C- CD club. He's still paying that off. He get 13 uh, for he's, one he's, cent. He's used it as mom's credit card and her name, and he is still still got those going. Yeah, I can picture him taking it out and, you know, kind of dusting it off and then putting it in and... Just a little bit of wave babies as he opens up his first bush light tall can. Uh, this text comes in, given last night's game and the concept of throwing the tape out and moving on. Maybe the poll question for today should be, would you be, uh, would you rather be middling Canadian rockers, Northern Pikes, or Grammy winning one hit wonders, Tim Buck 3? Yeah. Are Northern Pikes still going? The like Northern I have Pikes not have seen them at the, uh, at the Medcalf Fair. Yeah. They have four or five decent They tracks. do. I know. I know, but I don't, you know, they have not done the, like we every year get April wine, honeymoon suite. We never get the Northern Pikes. That's a good point. Yeah. Yeah. Right. One of the most. And I know they're from Saskatchewan, <laughs> I think. Okay. Well, get ready. Get ready. Casino. Oh. Casino Rama Resort on March 11th. Oh, Rama. That's they've close. got, they've got. Two shows that day. Whoa. There's Two an after, shows. There's an early bird, show? Early bird a, special. An early bird in no. the evening. No. There's Ready an after, to go. Like during a weekday? During, uh, March 11th. Yeah. Well, what is that? No, that's that's, a, that's that's Saturday night. That's a Saturday. Baby. That's the wow. Saturday. That's like this like, afternoon. This is, like that's, oh, that's like Vegas. That's, that's what you off. do in Vegas. Oh, Get ready to go. You got to Celine Dion. You got to do a double bill. All right. Who's in? Roadie to Rama. Which is, uh, you know, that's about four hours, right? That's that's north. That's in the Aurelia area. You'll pretty much go. Oh, is it straight shot across? That's yeah. the place uh, where uh, Shania Twain must have made her, uh, right? Could or this she be a She was in Hunts- Huntsville. Oh, that could be an old age Northern home. Pikes just be like like plotting some land there at uh, Casino. Well, maybe, well, maybe they're playing at an elderly home because right? that 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 would make some sense too. Maybe right? they're driving the bus to and from. Good morning, lads. Like most Sens fans, I was a little peeved last night at the outcome. Then I saw the TSN story about having nine straight losses to the Hawks. Yeah, mm-hmm. Last night made it ten. Uh, that's uh, there's just some teams the Sens have a hard time against. On to the next. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not really. You know, when when those types of stats come up, and first of all, they play each other twice a year. So that goes back five years. I, I'm not really putting a lot into that one. There's some team that, and and let's realize that nobody, and I repeat, nobody is on that Hawks team from five five years ago, let alone last well, week. Well, Derek Broussard <laughs> is the only one who's uh, still around from 2017 on the Sands, yeah. and he went away Seven and times. played for eight other teams yeah, exactly. and then came the, back. The much traveled, now yes. returning home. Yeah. One of the what? No, some what? One of the somebody just texted in, and I'll read it. Yeah, okay. and probably somebody's pulling my leg. Yeah, yeah. But hey, it was a five nothing loss. One of the Northern Pikes guys lives in Canada and runs a deck building company. Oh wow! What? Okay, okay. How I can need, he do that? Ambia Casino Rama. I need. Well, it's on a Saturday. Yeah, <laughs> he's doing the roadie. And Maybe we can winter. jump in the. Well, yeah, you're not building. You're not building decks right now. Okay, we need the name of the deck company so we can follow up. I don't want any. Uh, I don't want any text shenanigans. Mm. This would be unacceptable. Did they ever do like a song like Red called Red Devil? Because what I used to reel in like all your my favorite fishing. Well, water? that always was. Everyone knew the Red Devil. That's an automatic when you're fishing for Northern Pike. Okay. Sean writes. Good morning. Uh, good morning, fellas. I'm glad I turned the game off after the third goal. Didn't stay up later than intended. Had to be up early to go into the smelly old office today. Working from home <laughs> Friday, so I'll fire up the PVR Thursday night and watch the game in the morning. Hoping for a better showing from ye old sins. That's from Sean. Yeah, and that's dedication, Sean. I'll say to myself, uh, I'm not going to watch. I'll be in bed by 10. 
Uh, 10 o'clock is my bedtime, uh, so I won't watch any of Thursday. Uh, and then I'll probably wake up around 1 a.m., 2 a.m., and first thing I'll do is check the score. That'll be my uh, intensity as I dive into the weekend, and I'll certainly watch Saturday. Uh, what is the general feeling on taping sports and watching it the next day? Impressive. Like, I just, That's it, impressive. It's very I, impressive. I, I, I per- like, personally just like the highlight package. That's enough for me. I, give me the uh, highlight package, even if it's on the competition so side. Let me ask Sean the question. For those who are on board with uh, with Sean's way of thinking of, I'll tape it and watch it in the morning. Do you actually go to your phone or wherever you get your scores and look at do you, do you do you look at the score and then go back and watch the game and then therefore fast forward through and just kind of go to the goals? Uh, or do you keep yourself completely, um, you know, off the radar screen yeah. of knowing it and actually play it front to back? Yeah. And other than the commercials, <laughs> you're watching the entire game. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. What I would do, Jer, uh, and this would relate more to when I'm a football fan of whatever team it is, if I ever did this, which I've never done in my life, PVR game and watch it, I would only watch it if my team won. Like, if I knew a loss was coming, I'm not wasting my time on that at all. Well, so so you're I'd looking be. up with the scorers. Well, you oh, don't oh, yeah. see a game live. Well, well I, I, I do not. I don't. I would never PVR a game. I know guys do that on Football Sunday where they, like, shut off their phone. and they only, and That's because if you hit the fast-forward button, yeah. you can actually just see every play. Generally yeah, speaking, no, other than the two-minute drill, yeah. there's about 30 seconds between plays. Yeah. So a play comes to an end, hit that little button that fast-forwards at 30 yeah. seconds. Yeah. All of a sudden, the QB's behind the center yeah. again. Yeah. Now, but, I don't like that. No. I'm a live guy. Yeah. I'm Johnny Live Guy. Yeah. Johnny Live Guy has got to watch everything in real time. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not, uh, what is it, Red Channel? Red Zone. Red, red Zone. zone. Oh, I'm not Red that. Zone guy. Yeah, I'm, I'm I want to watch my team. Yeah, I'm getting I want to watch my team play yeah. my game, yeah. and that's all I need. I'm more into that Old now. School. I, now I'm a free agent as far as teams, so <laughs> the boys like to watch the Red Zone. All the kids, that's all they do. It's all about Fantasy League, all about going through it. But as far as, ta- and, and i got to be honest with you, that's a dedicated fan because uh, old Thursday night in Seattle, Sens versus Kraken. Mm. Uh, i got to tell you, man, you, if you're dedicated enough to watch that and not watch it live and watch it the next day, uh, you're a super fan because I, I would have no interest to do that other than, like I said, highlight package gives me almost everything I need to know. Uh, super fan in my family packed it in at the 5 nothing goal. Yeah, She was gone. That's pretty dedicated, though. Yeah, right? that was pretty good. I saw it through right to the end because I wanted to see if there were going to be any shenanigans as yeah. the game went on. And I wonder some shenanigans. here historically, and I'm sure Liam Guire is listening, um, how many combinations of fathers that fought in the National Hockey League and now the kids fought? And I was thinking back to Mark Tenorti could throw him as along with Keith Kachuk. I wonder how, if that's ever happened in the National Hockey League where the, like, like Lemieux, there's a chance with that, right? The Brendan Lemieux? He's fought a few people. That'd be mm-hmm. kind of that'd be a kind of a cool because I was watching. I know Jared Tenorti very well. Uh, grew up in in Maryland, and we had his uh, dad Mark, who was a tough guy. Um, that'd be a very that'd be something. You know, throw that out there as a little curiosity. Kind of cool that the dads fought, and now mm. the kids are thrown down. Hey, eh? yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, there was a there was one weird circumstance as the game came came to its conclusion, where there was a dust up with about five minutes to go that Brady Kachuk. Uh, Mark Kastelik and Austin Watson were on together, and uh, there was a dust up at the, I think it was at the Chicago bench, and there was a lot of toing and froing. Anyway, the three guys from the Sens all got misconducts, <laughs> and nobody from Chicago got anything, which I, you know, and it was at, you know, there was 
there wasn't enough time for a comeback. It was at the point where you often see in a case like that, they just throw every, they give everybody a 10 minute misconduct, yeah. get them off the ice, get them off the bench. Let's just head off anything before it happens. That was a weird, and I'm not to say that any of the Chicago guys, I'd have to go back and look at it again. I just don't know that I've ever seen that. I The, yeah. the referees usually kind of uh, defer to, let's just, let's just toss everybody. Yeah. Let's just, as I said, head this off. Yeah. And instead, was just the three guys from the Sens that got misconduct. And then there's a relation, other than practice, those three players have never been on the ice together. <laughs> and, and you're going well, you old, know what's coming. You're going old school junior hockey, so hey, let's just save everybody the angst and then boot them out. I'm assuming that was what they were looking at. There you go. Uh, all right, so uh, it was a bad night for the Sens. At least there was some help on the out-of-town scoreboard. Washington lost in L.A. 4-2, and Buffalo lost. 3-2 to Edmonton. Here's your game winner from who? Up the left wing side and out to Fogel. Now into the Sabre zone to McDavid. He'll look to the net. His shot scores! Connor McDavid goes 5-hole! And the Oilers are up 3-2. There you go. There's your game winner. 3-2 was the final. Edmonton beats Buffalo. So uh, that is the one piece of positive news. If you're a Sens fan from last night, is that at least uh, Buffalo... Uh, which is tied with the Sens in the standings and has a game in hand, uh, didn't win their game last night. For Connor McDavid, uh, two goals, so he's got 54, so he's well beyond uh, his personal goal-scoring record. Uh, but he got uh, the two points last night. He got gave him 124, which is a new career high. He was 123 last year. He's 124 this year. Oh, and he's still got 17 games to go. So if he continues to score points at the current pace, He'll end with 156 points. And did you know, Simmer, in the history of the National Hockey League, okay. how many players have scored 156 or more points Ooh, whoa, in a whoa. season? Okay. Uh, more than 156. Because yes. I was actually going to think of, uh, from a Buffalo angle, one of my first years of scouting, I was lucky enough to watch LaFontaine and McGillney. Uh, so when points were that high, I, I think Stevie Y is a little below. I'm going to go Mario. Can we go with the obvious ones. I'm going to go Mario. Yes. Uh, and the G-Man. Uh, yes. And I'm going to go Yager, and that's it. Okay. I can tell you that. Eiserman never got over 150? Have I not? A- have I answered the It's 156. 156? That was the okay. question. Okay. Okay? Yeah. How many players have scored 156 or more points in a season? Yeah. Okay. So I'm going with the You three. said Gretzky, Lemieux, yeah. and Yager. I can tell you that Gretzky and Lemieux, collectively between the two of them, had 13 different seasons <laughs> of 160 wow. or more wow. points. That's awesome. Yeah. No one has gotten to 156 points. Oh, okay, okay, wow. okay. Steve Eiserman had 155. He did, eh? I was, was going to go with 147. 89 then. season. Okay. Yarmer Yager, your guess, his best season? Yeah. 149 points, okay. 95, 96, which is also uh, one of the years uh, that Mario had. He had 160. Can you imagine that? Mario had 161, and Yager had 149 in the same season. <laughs> I, 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 well, you, 300 that, points total. Three, 300 between two guys. <laughs> I know. You, well, you were yeah. with Washington then. Yeah. You're probably wow. getting collectively uh, absolutely smoked by them every single time. You <laughs> well, no, we were, we were actually pretty good against them during the regular season. It's the playoffs where they uh, – Kind of took it next level. Um, interesting, too, as you look to that. Uh, Gretzky being the obvious, but uh, with McDavid, not that, you know, it is neat that he's got his duo, right, in Dreisaitl. Now, he's only at 96 points, but I don't think this is a case of, you know, Dreisaitl has proven he could probably do it on his own. But, yeah, this is just great to see where the league is trending 
What also makes it interesting is that tactically the game is much better. But when you go back to, and especially with Yager and Lemieux, man, like the stuff that they had to put up with JR, like like Yager played full games carrying one opponent on his back, mm. <laughs> right? Yeah. You know, like it, it, that was a different, different ball game at that time of, you you know, the abuse that they took, all the checking, you know, playing against the New Jersey Devils, you know, all of that. So, but to, to, what- to give you a sense, though, of, of what we're seeing this season with Connor McDavid, to give it some context, mm-hmm. so of the 25 highest scoring seasons by individuals in NHL history, 23 of them happened between the early 1980s and then up until the lockout, like uh, 95-96, so the first okay. year okay. out of that okay. first Gary yeah. Bettman lockout. Yeah. yeah. That was the last year we saw, uh, you know, individual point seasons like we're seeing from McDavid this year. Okay. The only guy, early 70s, Espo had a couple of seasons yeah. in and around 150. Yeah. But I think we can all agree, whether you've watched highlights of uh, or entire games of old-timey hockey from the 19, now is old-timey, mm-hmm. 1980s and early 90s. I mean, everybody was scoring then, rel- relatively yeah. speaking. No one is coming close to these kind of numbers now. So th- this is what makes this, for me, yeah. really fascinating. Like, yeah. Connor McDavid is doing, mm-hmm. you know, if if you do era-adjusted scoring, like, this mm-hmm. is unbelievable what yeah. he's really doing this year. Yeah, it really is. And also, hey, even going back to Gretzky, the supporting cast, the Paul Coffey coming up the ice, the other pieces around him, Yari Curry. Hey, this is kind of a, a dynamic duo, right? You don't look at that from an Edmonton perspective. And I'm assuming with Espo. Uh, based on the style he played, didn't hurt to have old uh, Bobby Orr on the ice, right? <laughs> yeah. You know, hey, I'll go park myself in the slot, and uh, we'll meet you at the goal area. Plus, you were dealing with, uh, at that point, well, it was early 70s, there were five, six seasons, I guess, into expansion era, right, where you had yeah. six yeah. new teams come in yeah. as well. Yeah. So, yeah. all right, anyway, there you go. So, uh, Buffalo loses, Washington loses. So, there's the one positive side of uh, not very good night for the Sens as they fall 5 nothing to Chicago. What are the thoughts of uh, TSN Hockey Insider Mike Johnson? We'll find out. He's coming up in about, well, less than 10 minutes uh, from now. We'll look forward to talking to MJ, but stand by. The latest news and sports is on the way as we roll on here for Tuesday morning. Sends fall 5-0 in Chicago. You're listening to Sports Radio TSN 1200.